Our second lesson comes from the gospel according to John chapter 6, verse 35 through 51. We are continuing in our sermon series of the I am statements of Jesus as found in John. Today we are looking at the statement of Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. Listen for a word from God. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, but to do not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of what he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother that we know? How can he now say, I come down from heaven? And Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from the Father. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heavens that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, for you are the everlasting bread of life. Amen. Bread is perhaps one of those, one of the most mundane foods that we have. Sure, we have the artisanal breads. We have that one friend that can make an incredible sourdough. But for the most part, bread is one of those things that's everywhere, is cheap, uh, and we don't think much of it. But we must remember that in the Mediterranean world, in ancient antiquity, that bread was the main source of life. Growing grain and growing barley was the key to human, human civilization growing because people could have more time to invent and grow. Instead of everyone in the community hunting and gathering all day long, you could have a few people who would go out and farm, and then other people could seek to invent, to innovate, and to grow. And so bread became the foundation for growth and life. And so when Jesus declares, I am the bread of life, he declares that he is the source of life. He is the source of of growth, that he is the common thread that connects people all throughout the world, that he is the sustenance for us when we are hungry and when we are empty. 
And friends, this is a world that we live in that is desperately hungry. We live in a world that seeks to have purpose and meaning, but yet most feel lost and moralist. In this country, we have profound resources and endless entertainment, yet we are bored and we are seeking. We are hungry for something more. We seek connection and we have opportunities, yet we feel lonely. We are hungry. We desire love that will connect and bring us together. We desire hope in the midst of pain. We're hungry for connection. It reminds me of the story of a young man named Nick. Now, Nick grew up in the Northeast in one of those old Victorian homes. His parents bought it, and like every 200-year-old house, it had a lot of projects to do. But before the projects, he loved to look at the stained glass that brought in the kaleidoscope of colors. He loved to sit on the wraparound porch that gave time for pondering and thinking, the wooden shingles that provided safety and warmth. But every Saturday, his father would go out and do a project on that old house. From the time he was born, earliest childhood memory, all through high school, every Saturday, his father went out and did some sort of project on that beloved old 200-year-old house. Well, eventually Nick went to college and he moved away. And after college, he got a job in the city and he moved to the city. And while he was working on his new career, he received a call from his mother, the dreaded call every child does not want to get, that his father had cancer and was on death watch and probably only had two to three weeks to live. So he immediately packed up all his things and he went home and he stayed with his parents. And after sitting and conversing with his father for a day, Saturday came. And so his father went out to do a project, but this time Nick went out there and joined him. And they did some work on the house. And the next day, they went and did another project. And then a week went by and they did another project together. And then another week and then a month And then a year had gone by of Nick staying at home, working on this old house with his father, replacing an 80-pane beautiful window, replacing that porch that was caving in, replacing the roof. They did project after project. And eventually his father received a call that his cancer had gone into remission. And his father looked to Nick, and his father was a man of few words, and he said to Nick, Working on this house with you has saved my life. It has filled me up, and I feel satisfied. It was in the midst of tragedy and in the midst of pain that Nick and his dad found new life. They found a new love between them and being together and fixing that old house. There ended up being new physical life for his father, yes, but there was something more in the new life that happened that would last beyond death. And that was the memories of the time together. And this is the love of Jesus Christ as the everlasting bread. It builds us up for new life here today. It builds us up for new life tomorrow. And it builds us up for new life even after death. Jesus Christ as the bread of life is a meal that we come back to over and over again for hope and for meaning for something to satisfy and fill us up. In our passage, there's this interplay between hunger and food, between Old Testament and New Testament. 
Manna, as you may or may not remember, was the bread-like substance that the Israelites ate after their escape from the bondage of Egypt. While they were out in the wilderness, they were told they could collect just enough for that day, but no more. And so each day they'd go out and collect enough of that manna bread that would satisfy them, but then they'd have to go out the next day. But here in John, Jesus says, I am something different. I am the bread of life that will sustain you not just for today, but tomorrow. And not just tomorrow, but the next day. And not just the next day, but even after the shadows of death, my bread will give you new life. My bread will give you hope. Jesus is resurrection to new life. Jesus is energy for the day to go out and live our calls. Jesus is meaning. Jesus satisfies when we are hungry. But sometimes in the midst of life, it's difficult to remember the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. The chaos of each day winds us up, the anxiety to get everything done, the external forces that tell us that we don't have enough leave us feeling empty and hungry. But then we catch these glimpses of the divine, these glimpses of Jesus Christ's love, and we're filled, and we're filled to go out and live as resurrected people. Just as Nick made the decision to stop his job, to put his career on pause so he could have this life with his father, so we have the opportunity to pause in the midst of our life and look to Jesus Christ to be filled, to know life. I think about this almost daily because I forget it almost daily. Every morning I come down at about 5 a.m., sleep-deprived, annoyed, with a crying baby, thinking this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) And then we have that first bottle, and I receive a smile. And I'm filled with everlasting love and hope and joy. And I think that's a glimpse of the divine. But then I forget the next morning when I hear that crying at 5 a.m. And I go down and I'm reminded. Sometimes we may feel it with coming to church that we're just tired and exhausted. And it's not worth getting up and dressing and going to be with other people and we'd rather just kind of be alone. And then we come and see the joy and we hear the music of worship and we say the liturgy together and we're filled with the everlasting love and life of Jesus Christ. We need the community to remind us of the bread of life, to remind us what the bread of life does for us. We need the church. And today, We have a very special day. We have a double portion of grace. We have the sacrament of baptism and the sacrament of communion. We have baptism where we remember our own baptisms, that Jesus Christ reached out into the world and called us a beloved child before we could speak. Before we were named, God claimed us as God's own. God said, you belong in the family no matter what you will do. No matter who you are, you are loved by the God of the universe. And we come to the communion table where we share in the bread and the cup together, where we receive that supernatural uplift by doing what Jesus commanded us to do, by remembering his life and resurrection. 
the communion tables where we come and we taste the cracker which represents the everlasting bread, the everlasting life of Christ. And we come together as a community to be reminded to go out and live as people who have been called. People who have been called to go out and feed the world because the world is hungry. You know, in our prosperous community of Huntsville, I meet with so many nonprofits, and I am continually shocked at how food insecurity is so rampant, even in our own community. You know, this church partners with so many wonderful organizations between our backpack ministry, our little free pantry with the Church of the Nativity, with the North Alabama Food Bank, with Village of Promise, with Second Mile Development. I hope you'll seek these out and get involved because there are people who need physical food. When Elijah was lost on the road, what did God first do before he spoke to him? He fed him and gave him something to drink. God sees our material needs and reaches out in those. But then what comes next? After we are physically fed, there is still a spiritual hunger in this world. A spiritual hunger to be known by the God of the universe, the God of the cosmos and the stars, the God of the trees and the leaves, the God of the flowers and the insects and the beautiful animals. That God knows each and every one of you by name, knows the hairs on your head. And there are people in this world that desire to be known and are seeking to be known And we have been fed the bread of life and we must go out and feed the world. Church, tasting and knowing, tasting and knowing Christ means we can go out into the world because we have been satisfied and we go out to help satisfy the world. We have all been fed the living bread so we must go out and feed. As our prayer after communion says, We have tasted the living bread and we cannot remain the same. May it be so and may we follow. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.